Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely role players, where theatrical people play role playing games. I'm Matt Boothman, and I'm your compare for this main house production. Here on Merely Role Players, we improvise stories for your entertainment and ours. And we use role playing games to keep the story going places even we can't see coming, because as theatrical people, we're all about maximising the drama. This episode is part of our current main house production, Vigil Cold Snap. In this production, we're playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat. So please take your seats in the main house. Tonight's production is about to begin. Vigil, a Merely Role Player's main house production. Cold Snap, Act 5 of 6. I'm Strat, and I play Briar, the Monstrous. Briar is a shape-shifting fey guardian of the Rosebriar Forest. They take their jobs very seriously, but can get a little distracted if there's mischief to be made. I'm Josh, and I play Ginny Greenteeth, the Spellslinger. In the Dark Ages, soothsayer Ginny was chased from her village under suspicion of witchcraft. Now, many centuries later, she is the proud owner of a local tourist attraction and gift shop in Sheridan. Hi, I'm Chris Starkey and I play Cameron Jarvis, the Roland. Cam's parents and sister were killed by ghouls when he was just ten years old, while on a camping trip near Sherrydown. Ever since then, a Doom agent has been secretly training Cam to hunt and kill monsters. I'm Nat, and I play Gwynedd, the Divine. Gwyn was once a shield maiden of the triple goddess, the Morrigan. After interfering with one of her schemes by rescuing a mortal man, the Morrigan banished Gwyn to live life as a duck in what became Sherrydown's duck pond. Now released from her curse thousands of years later, Gwyn is trying to forge a new life as part of the local National Trust team, but is finding it difficult to stay under the radar. Briar, you remember, from the very moment you were born, you were fighting. You fought the Winter King. Every single strand of its fur is frozen solid with permafrost. Its antlers are made of solid, transparent ice. It has the form of an ancient Irish elk. If he wins this area, I don't know how much more is going to go back to deathly ice and snow. I was thinking that perhaps it might be time to, to go beyond these petty magics that we throw around and, uh, and bring something slightly, slightly larger. You need some rare or weird components that Ginny has. Gwyneth, do you land directly in the storeroom or in the general area? <laughs> Just break through the roof. No. <laughs> I think she lands in the circle. Oh, no, that was that was like 200 metres away, wasn't it? No, she lands a bit closer to that than that. There was a back door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has Ginny left it locked? No, I, tr- I trust everybody. It won't be locked. <laughs> but there is there is a wind chime above that door as well. <laughs> So Gwyn, everything around the gift shop and the Grove of Oddities is sort of alive with life and activity. A lot of the fleeing uh, woodland creatures seem to have wound up in this general area (laughs) because something about it feels safe to them. So there's a lot of bunnies and birds and all sorts capering about in this area. I think if there's like a a passing like a, a deer that's kind of well, she's not going to bend down but if there's something that's kind of at hand height she'll give it a kind of soothing 
ruffle on the head. Uh, yeah, I'm going to head into the shop. Uh, Gwyneth has been there before, but she's not necessarily like... She doesn't work there, so she doesn't know exactly where everything should be. But she's definitely been there before, so she knows where the storeroom is. It's all pretty badly labelled and poorly organised and sort of uh, alchemical bottles filled with goop and other strange liquids all on their sides and like stacks and stacks of old books and tomes and lots of little plastic jars some of them filled with live insects some of them filled with strange moss and dirt and mushrooms and flowers and stuff it's Mm -hmm. a total total mess in there as she goes to the the front part of the shop she's going to grab a messenger bag that's probably like a like a, a hempy woven tie-dyed mm. kind of looks like it's supposed to be earthy and, and cool but it's probably just on the trashy side mm-hmm. hand-stitched locally sourced organic product made in china absolutely hello love uh, oh but C- cameron how do you make this bloody thing work which, which button do i press that one this one yes oh she can already hear it. hello Gwynny, love are you there i can hear you jenny over over. Yes. Hello? Gwyn, is he there? I can hear you, Ginny. Over. Hello. Come can't get this bloody thing to work. I don't. Oh, I can hear oh, it. Hello, hello. For God's sake! I just I, I snatched it out of her hand. Cameron, t- tell her she needs to find. She needs to find two bags of dried pondweed. Two bags of dried pondweed. Over. And that'll be very close. She just needs a handful. Just a handful of honeysuckle. A handful of honeysuckle. Over. Uh, a pinch of saltpeter. A pinch of saltpeter, over. Three jars, not three bottles, three jars of ghoul's blood. Three jars of ghoul's blood, not bottles, not bottles, jars of ghoul's blood, over. She's going to want just a little baggie of puffball, the mushrooms. A baggie of mushrooms, over. <laughs> that's that's for me later on. Uh, one One single vial of werewolf saliva. One single vial, not a double vial, a single vial of werewolf saliva. Over. Two generous portions of mandrake root. Two generous portions of mandrake root. Over. And a jar of alchemist powder. And one jar of alchemist's powder. Now this is very important, Cameron. She's not to shake the bag or allow the ingredients to combine because otherwise there will be, and I repeat, a rather large explosion. Right. Don't shake the bag, don't mix the ingredients, or we're going to have one less holy warrior around. All right? Cameron, could you also ask her to bring back one of those wind chimes? It's vitally important for my um for my ceremony, giving you all power. Yep. Um, you know the wind chime above the door? Yeah. Uh, Brian needs that, please. I do have a question uh-huh. about... My teleporting. Sure. I am pretty sure that they'll be all right teleporting back with me, but just how fragile are all these ingredients together? You know the super thick scarves that we've got in the, uh, not this, this, the semi-thick, the super thick from Taiwan in the gift shop? Right. The one that looks like they should be knitted for giants. That's the one. That's the, that's the one. If you sort of do like a wrapping effect around each of the ingredients before teleporting, that should be fine. Would that be would that be okay, Ginny? If she does that, I'm sure that should be fine, love. That should be fine, love. Uh, that should be fine. Over. I think I'm going to need a bigger bag. We've got some very nice tote bags that I had delivered from a very nice man from way out east. Uh, they're 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 pretty good quality. We've got some backpacks we're sharing. I'm not pressing the button, Ginny. I'm not. What? I'm not pressing it anymore. Why, why? Why? I didn't ask you to press the button. I just asked you to tell tell our Winnie. I'm I'm not doing that. We've got other All shit right. going on. We really do. Just te- could you just could you just quickly tell her that anything she takes, if she could just make a quick note of it, because we've got the inventory coming up soon. That's a really I'm good point. Down. Uh, 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 Don, any anything you do take though, please make a note of it. Please, there's there's some post-its on the on the on the on the desk by the till, if you don't mind. And remember that that wind chime that hangs just below the door frame. That's really important. Just take take that over. She's definitely like already halfway through, like wrapping stuff and shoving it in, and just just like yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. No, 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 no. Seriously, make 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 a note. <laughs> Puts it down. If you haven't made a note. That- 
No, don't don't do this to me, please. Over. Briar is beginning to create various garlands for their three champions. So they're going to make a sort of kind of garland uh, necklace out of uh, vines and such for Ginny. One of those kind of high arm like braces for Gwyn that is kind of like stony and mossy and uh, a head garland for Cameron that is going to be mostly made of like the most delicate flowers Briar can find um, <laughs> and all kind of really intricately uh, woven uh, together to prepare for for their part of this power sharing ritual. I would like to set up where we will conduct our ritual, trying to find a cleaner space as possible with the fewest termites in it. Sort of clean, I'll sort of brush, uh, uh, sweep the floor as much as I can do because we need a nice clean level space to work on. Uh, I grab some little miniature candles, scatter them around the room. If there's any incense or any you know, herbs or sweet smelling flowers, decorate the place with those, light all the candles, get some incense on the go. If we could find like a cauldron, I could really mm. ham, ham up the witch stereotypes yeah. and be bubbling a, a cauldron. Except the cauldron is made of the bottom of an acorn because you're all small. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's adorable. <laughs> I, uh, I walk back into the room and the person who had blue hair now has like a very long sort of thin nose that's somehow been moulded not quite sure how that's happened you see a potter's wheel in one corner of the room that one of the fae is just sort of dusting off uh, I look at somebody who's had like their hair shaved but then stuck over their face to make them look like a little werewolf face and I, I sort of just glare at these little fae and just go look you've had your fun now cut it out Gordon Bennett fucking fairies and i say to the people the, the humans right uh who out of all of you lot don't want to hang around with these anymore four hands go up <laughs> <laughs> right i only, only two of you <laughs> I, I look to the fairies and say right fairies which ones have you had the most fun with they go into a little huddle there's like a a satyr and one that looks like it's made of moss uh, a couple of others and they they turn and one sort of designated as a spokesman, points at Adrian and says, That one complained a lot. Right, I'll take care then. And another one points at one of the others. Shall we name one of the other National Trust people? Uh, let's say her name is... Judith. Okay. Maybe Judith is the one with the, the blue hair and the long nose. Sure, that sounds good. Uh, so one of the other Fae points at Judith and just points at their own nose and snickers. <laughs> I, th I, th I think I think Judith has had enough fun, <laughs> and we'll take we'll take Adrian. You're coming with me. That, that these guys don't like you very much, and Judith will. Uh, you won't remember this. Don't worry about it. And I just sort of drag him out of the room. Why? Why do people keep saying that? Um, it's a bad dream. It's all a bad dream. As I pull the two women out of the room, I just keep, sit my head back in and just look at the fairies and say, just tone it down a little bit, please. <laughs> come on. And I just give them a little glare. <laughs> right, you guys are going to come with me and you're going to drink a magic potion. What? Yep. It's all part of the dream. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> And I sort of start skipping down the fucking corridor, going, ooh, follow me, dreams, dreams. Smashing mirrors as I go everywhere. <laughs> and as I bring them in, I say, right, uh, old woman and Tink, I've got two happy volunteers. And I push the women in. Ah, Adrian, Judith, you'll do nicely. Gwyneth, you, you finally managed to uh, find and pack all of the ingredients 
The last thing on the list was just, you know, hidden in a dark corner of the storeroom under four other things. Yeah. You've, I mean, the place is in even more disarray now. Oh, yeah, she's not been careful. She's just been like, is that it? No. Just like tossing yeah. it over. <laughs> not don't don't with, throw no. the ingredients around. I'm not going to have a shop to come back to. Not, not with like the jars of stuff, but like oh, okay. if, if it's like a bundle of cinnamon or something that's not going to be, yeah, she'll just, yeah, that's not it. Throw it over the shoulder. Uh, oh, fudge. Keeping that. Put that in the bag. Write it on the list. Write it on the list. <laughs> Ginny is not here and can't do anything. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think uh, as well, she probably has switched the um, not earthy, but looks earthy uh, messenger bag out for, I think you said that there were like rucksacks there as well. I think she's got one of them instead. Perfect. But she's had mm-hmm. to like, because of her wings, she's had to like strap it on the front instead. You know, like like tourists do. Oh, uh, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Got to make yeah. sure those ghouls don't pick your pockets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, so she grabs the wind chimes on the way out, just shoves them in the top, uh, has a piece of fudge, shoves the rest of the pack into the the rucksack, jumps into the air and uh, and teleports back. And when you return to the clearing, as you transition from being a black feathery arrow torpedo to being a, a humanoid figure again, and come to potentially a, a slightly stumbly landing given your uh, you, your leg is still injured mm-hmm. um, but you can still stick it standing on the edge of the clearing is the creature that Ginny described the winter king oh boy taller even than you could have than you imagined but a little ways away you're sort of by the tree, it's on the edge of the clearing. Does it like see me? Does it look at me or is it just kind of dead ahead, just walking? It takes a step and it raises its head and it looks straight at you. Are you his herald? She pauses a moment and stares at it and then just dives into the tree. Bravely ran Sir Robin. How does Gwyn find everybody else? Putting the final touches to some garlands. Um, ah, excellent. Gwyn, do you have what I asked for? Yep, everything's here. Everything's here. It's here. Uh, and she's unpacking and giving all the pieces out. So there's Lovely, a thank you. clang of wind chimes. There's packets. There's, uh, there's jars. Uh, she passes Cameron the fudge and then she goes, oh, no, wait, that's for me. Takes it back. <laughs> uh, passes him like the, the mandrake root instead. Did you shoplift? What? Did you talk that fudge? That wasn't on the list. Was that on the list? Finders fee? Hmm. That's definitely not how it's supposed to work, love, but we'll uh, we'll give it to you as a nice token of appreciation. Can I just have all of the ingredients now? I'm just uh I'm 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 just uh, uh boiling this this stock <laughs> ready for the main ingredients. I I would like to just underline the fact that I did mention it's here as well. It's right outside. So Let's crack on, yeah? Oh, the winter kick. Okay, yes, fair enough. Well, in that case, um, this is a bracer for you. Wear it and be my champion. There's probably some other fancy words I can say, but we really don't have time. There you go. Um, Thanks. Ginny, this is a necklace for you. Wear it and be my champion. Oh, thank you, my love. Um, and then uh, Cameron and uh, Bride just turns around. And you hear some, some sort of like making stuff and turns around and now the uh circulate has a stick that points right up and forwards at a right angle and the wind chime is just dangling above it uh and this is a super special one for you wear it and be my champion no 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 <laughs> wear it no. and be my champion no t- take that take it off cameron cameron he put he put a lot of effort into that my love uh, i just i, I just uh it's an important just, part just, of the spell, don't... Cameron. Just we might all die important. otherwise. Just. You've got to wear it. I just. I, I Just take it off. Take take that off now. You're not going to be able to hurt the thing if you don't wear it. No, I'll, I'll wear the city flowers. I'm not going to wear the wind chime. But it. It marks you. No one else has got a wind chime. Why, why have I got a wind chime and no one else has got a wind chime? 
Well, because it marks you as a coming storm and the wind ruffles through your wind chime and it looks pretty and sounds nice. It doesn't. No one likes the sound of wind chimes. No one actually likes the sound of them. Cameron, you're being so you're being so stubborn. The entire world is about to be plunged into a never-ending winter, and you weren't wear one of my lovely wind chimes. You know I hate the wind chimes. Could you just wear it for a little bit of wiggle your head, and then you'll take it off? Yes. I put it on. Oh, lovely! I wiggle my head. <laughs> oh. Isn't that a delightful sound? And I pull the wind chimes off and smash them <laughs> under my foot. Yeah. And I put the flowers back on my head. I'm going to turn to Ginny. <laughs> I'm not paying for them. No, that's all right. I'll take it out of Cameron's wages. Mother. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I'd like to take the ingredients that Gwyn has handed. And one by one, they are offered into the broth. And constantly, you know, are consistently stirred. Is there a smell? Is there a miasma? There is. It's a very strong alchemical smell. It's simultaneously old and new, acrid, putrid, and delicious all at the same time. And it gives off all sorts of exploding colours and smoke belches forth from the cauldron. Uh, as I use a large ladle, which I guess is just a twig, <laughs> uh, to stir the cauldron. And my hair is sort of blown back as if there was a fan on me while I'm doing this. And I get this sort of crazy look in my eye. And I do let out accidentally a little hee <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, love. I continue to stir. Continue to stir. Uh, why don't you roll a use magic? Let's kick this big magic off. Oh, yeah! We go. Oh, go big or go home, you get extras to this. I do, I get a plus one. Here we go. I rolled eight, plus two for weird, plus one for go big or go home, so that is eleven. Hey. What does this look like? The magic goes off without a hitch. So there's just an explosion from within the cauldron, like a, like a geezer going off, just erupting, bellowing from, from the cauldron. Steam and froth fires upwards and hits the ceiling and splats across the room. Uh, more smoke is billowing out as the concoction finally begins to simmer and to settle. Alright lovies, it's me Matt, your compere, mingling in the interval as usual. If you take a moment to flick through your program, you'll spot a shout-out to Ben Newborn, who correctly identified Ellie's cameo back in Act 4. If you go back and play through that episode again, you'll notice her performance subtly layered into the sinister voices coming from Briar's collection of mirrors. Shout-out to Nat for having the idea and doing the layering, to Ellie for stepping in with the additional audio, and once again, to Ben Newborn at Ben, N-E-W-B-O-N, on Twitter, for spotting the cameo. If you've been meaning to leave us a review, but just haven't got round to it yet, I've got good news. Right now, Podchaser, the IMDB of podcasts, is donating 25 US cents to Meals on Wheels America for every review anyone leaves on their site. So it's not that you were putting off leaving us a review, It was just that you were waiting until leaving us a review would also help support a good cause, right? You have until the end of April to take advantage of this, so follow the link in the program notes for this episode and leave us a review there. Also in the program notes, you'll find a link to sign up for my free monthly newsletter. The next issue has a preview of what's coming up in the studio after we finish Cold Snap, plus an update on the talent tournament role-playing game I'm designing based on the rules we used for Upstaged back in the Blackshaw saga. That issue goes out first thing this Friday, so follow the link and sign up before then if you want the inside scoop. Alright, last thing before I go call beginners for this next scene. I want to draw your attention to the centre pages of the programme, where you'll find a glossy ad for The DM's Book Club a weekly podcast discussing different Dungeons & Dragons books and how to use them in your games. 
Then, once you've taken that in, please return to your seats in the main house for Vigil Cold Snap, Act 5 of 6. Do you like a good book? Do you like Dungeons & Dragons? Fancy combining them? Us too. Come join me, Fiona, and my good friend Ryan for The DM's Book Club, a weekly podcast where we read about some Dungeons & Dragons and discuss how we might include it in our role-playing campaigns. We're on Twitter at The DM's Book Club, and we've got an email too, thedmsbookclub at gmail.com. The DM's Book Club, available wherever you listen to podcasts. The brew is not yet complete. Uh, Gwyn, Gwyn needs to do her contribution mm-hmm. and bring in, ah. bring the holiness. So I'm channeling through a person, right? Yeah. One of the three. Yep, so either Cam, Adrian, or Judith. Well, it makes sense to, to channel it through Cam, I think, to me. Uh-huh. So uh, I suppose she kind of awkwardly is like, right then, uh, and kind of wafts towards the the cauldron. Assume the position, then. What? Like, go go and stand by it. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's Is this going to hurt? It shouldn't. I don't think I've ever tried to do this on a person before. You're filling me with great confidence here. Well, we'll find out, won't we? All right, Ducky. That is a nine. Okay. The effect is of short duration. You're going to be on a tight time limit to defeat the Winter King before his cold overtakes all your hearts. Is how that okay. is going to work. No. Okay. Uh, so what does it actually look like as you you know, push holy energy into Cam and he pushes it through into the potion? He is is holding on to the edge of the the cauldron, and uh, I think similar to um, to dealing with the inspector at the start, she places her hand kind of gently at the back of his neck. And for those looking closely, there is a, a kind of a sparkle and a glow, but mostly it's just the warmth. The warmth just passes through the back of his neck, through to his heart, and his chest feels warm and expansive. And then the tingle kind of runs down his hands, and his hands pass it onto the cauldron. For the first time in 15 years, for a brief second, Cameron feels at peace. Yay. Oh, that's nice. And what, what change comes over the potion? Ooh. I think the, the kind of the crackles and the mini kind of bubbles and explosions that have been happening, they settle on the surface but it kind of it starts swirling below the surface of the liquid and kind of focused and it does kind of if if all the lights were off it would start to be glowing but it's not necessarily super perceptible if you're if we're in a well-lit room like a glow-in-the-dark thing that's not been exposed to much light yet The potion softly glowing and now complete. The last roll for this big magic is going to be Briar. Uh, use magic to, I guess, see how effectively you've constructed these champion garlands. Yep. Here we go. So this is a, a weird roll, isn't it? Yeah, it's use magic plus weird. Okay, that's oh, that's rolled an eleven, so that's a fourteen. Whoa. Nice. So. We'll waddle over to Ginny and place a little hand on her chest and kind of this little green glow comes open and the what I want to happen is is the the roots and everything to kind of go into them like it doesn't hurt you can't feel it but they kind of root themselves into the person then I shall waddle over to uh, to Gwyn and I shall hold her firmly by her upper arm and the same thing, the, the bracer kind of like slowly constricts around her arm and again attaches itself to him. And then I'll just waddle up to Cam and just go boop on his nose. Uh, and 
the roots will come all the way down and wrap around his uh, chin like a little bonnet. <laughs> and I shall just look at him and give a big smile. Wear this and be my champion. I'm guessing it's a good thing there are no mirrors left in this fucking place. You look beautiful and will strike fear into the heart of anything who calls his death. And he'll just turn around and waddle away very pleased with himself. Gwynedd is also under her breath, like snorting with laughter. I think you look very handsome, Cameron. Oh, fuck. How bad do I actually look? Pretty bad. Shall we go and um, save the forest and possibly, I don't know, this bit of the world? I think as as you say that, I think um, for, for Gwynedd, it's not one of those things that you see, but I think you just suddenly notice that rather than wearing her kind of hemp and linen-y black kind of clothes, she is suddenly in armour. With kind of like twirling, curling leaf patterns all over mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Carving in. Tooled in. Yeah, yeah. I put my motorcycle helmet back on. I feel <laughs> self-conscious. <laughs> all that remains is to is to drink the potion. I'd like to propose a toast. And I hold up the little acorn cup and I say my little motto, too weak, too slow, too scared, never again. Here, here, here. Yakida. It tastes disgusting. Even worse than it looks. It's hard to keep it down. But very, very warming going down though. The trick is just tip it back. Don't let it touch your tongue. That's the trick with this particular potion. Otherwise, you'll gag. So, like good medicine, where it, on the tongue it's horrible, but you can feel it going down your throat mm. and into your chest. It's like an it's like an explosion as it hits every inch of your gullet, like a like a really really fine whiskey. You know, it warms but also pulses as it runs down, and you feel connected to each other. You, you're all sharing something. There is, a, there is a power that is kind of infused between all of you. This is for something much bigger than all of us. This is for the forest. This is for Sherry Down. For the forest. Shall we go deer hunting? Ha! Oh, I've always liked you lot. You emerge from the tree into the frozen clearing. The frost has reached around the edges of the tree of the clearing. So behind you, around half the clearing, there is still spring. And ahead of you, where the Winter King stands, there is only frost and death. Right. Do we see anything other than the Winter King? Are there any other creatures around? Roll sharp to read a bad situation. Okay. I am... Particularly looking out to see whether there are a pack of ghouls on the outskirts of the... I know they can't come into the clearing, but whether sure. they're on the outskirts. Yep. So I'm gonna, so I can add plus one to that because I'm looking for ghouls? Yeah. This is sharp plus one. Oh, well, that was shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a four, five total. I'm going to take luck to see if there's any ghouls around. Cool. When you spend luck, you will find a dangerous lead on your prey. So that won't necessarily happen right this second, but it will happen before the end of the mystery. Mm-hmm. And for read a bad situation uh, on a 10 plus, so you've now technically rolled a 12 because you spent luck, uh, mm-hmm. you hold three. Okay. Uh, any dangers we haven't noticed? There are ghouls in the trees. Uh, I say ghouls in the trees, folks. Ghouls in the trees. There look to be about okay. five of them. Ah. Mm sitting in the branches of some of the frozen trees. One or two of them have kind of scorched sleeves where they've tried to break through the protection and haven't been able to. I relay that information to the others. Yep. Once Cam's um, pointed them out, you can see them. Who's most, what, what is most vulnerable to me? Uh, I mean, the, the ghouls, ghouls are, are the most vulnerable because yeah. they are sort of pinned in place almost. Uh, they're, they're penned uh, and... You can hurt them properly now with that axe. Absolutely. They're definitely more vulnerable than the Winter King himself. And what's the best way to protect the victims? 
So if we're taking the victims as kind of the the people of the forest and all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Kill the Winter King. I mean, I that... mean, yeah, push the Winter King back into the forest. This place seems to have some significance. There's a reason that he came here to have this fight. Okay. And, you know, he sort of came to this clearing and stopped, which gives you the information that this was his destination. Sure. So potentially any kind of victory he might win Needs would have less effect if it wasn't in this place, if it was somewhere else in the forest. Ghouls in the, in the forest, but they can't get in. They're a bit scorched, actually, from trying to get in. But I can go and take those out if you want. But if we can push the uh, big old horn dog over there into the forest a bit more, then uh, maybe we can uh, spoil his day a little bit. That sounds like something I'd be able to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Need to summon that storm. So Gwynedd is obviously going to grab her, her tree staff. Briar is going to, still in true form, kind of waddle forward a bit and kind of give a little bit of a wave to the uh, Winter King. Let's go, long time no see, and then just start doing stretches. Sort of like <laughs> as you would do when you're getting ready for kind of PE and things like that. I'll take the ghouls. You take the you take the deer. The Winter King puts one uh, forehoof forward and bends his front knees and sort of inclines his head downwards. Greetings, little guardian. I believe I was not announced. My heralds were killed before they could do the pleasantries. Well, I mean, you know, just hire better next time, I guess. They woke me. I had to work with what I had. They woke you? Okay. Well, still stretching. I guess same same as last time, is it? Bit of a bit of a bit of a fight. I win, you go away, life wins, all that sort of stuff. To the death, yes, Guardian. And I will win. I have woken after ten thousand years. And this therefore is my age. It's been that it's been that long. Gosh. Okay, that's probably why this is taking a little while. Hang on, just one little one little bit. I just need to stretch this out. It's been a while since I've done this. Eh. Alright. And it's just gonna turn and look at camera and go, I think you'll like this bit. And Briar's going to uh, punch the floor and is going to take guardian form. Now, usually when uh, Briar transforms, it's like instantaneous. But this one is as though the whole of like the forest roots and uh, rock and everything is going to kind of essentially come in and envelop him and essentially be a big ball of roots and vines and all that sort of stuff and then all of a sudden is going to essentially explode into the form of like a, a giant manifestation avatar of the forest this creature's arms are going to come up out of the ground and in one giant uh, rooty fist will be holding the huge sword as it is described um, made of just one solid bit of flint that is carved into the the shape of uh, of a sword and going to let out a roar the same sort of way that like in in Jurassic Park you get that big guttural roar of, of a dinosaur and it's going to sort of like big roar and it's going to kind of go into a bit of a cough again. <coughs> sorry I haven't done that one for a while and this big thing is going to have the exact same voice as tiny little Briar um, everybody ready? you're right for the forest on your word um on guard! 
<laughs> Seeing you transform, the Winter King straightens up, lifts its head, pointing straight up into the sky, and frigid mist begins to swirl around its snout as you see its throat and chest working and building to take an enormous breath. I run towards the ghouls. <laughs> I throw up a... Uh, I throw up. I throw up uh, a, a, a wall of wind. The clouds above us begin to form into dark shapes as you feel the wind begin to pick up, standing at the centre of this maelstrom that I'll try and bring forward. And as I did before, I just throw my hands out and uh, a huge wall of wind, of debris, of shrapnel, of branches and leaves and whatnot... Uh, is going to fire up directly in front of the snout of uh, the Winter King in a sort of face guard muzzle kind of way to stop <laughs> it from breathing on us. Roll plus weird. It's time to kick some ass! Jitty! Hiya! Woohoo! Twelve! Ooh. Yeah! There's some ass kicking. So again, I want it to sort of dissect across the front of the face so it sort of slaps the Winter King as it comes into force. When you roll plus ten plus on kick some ass, you can either give yourself or another hunter the advantage going forward. You can inflict terrible harm, suffer less harm, or force them where you want them. Uh, I'm going to give Briar plus one forward. Nice. As the wall goes up, the Winter King projects its head straight forward, looking straight at you now, Ginny. And it bugles. <laughs> The sound rings out across the whole forest and that frigid air that had been building up around its muzzle fires forward in a almost a beam, almost a physical beam of cold projecting straight from the Winter King at you. Mm -hmm. This does four harm, but your wall gives you two armour because it's going through the wall. So it's doing two mm -hmm. harm. Can I do anything to intervene in that? Can I just grab her and fly to the side? Fly out of the way? You can roll plus tough to protect someone. Yeah. Uh, that's a six on the dice, so seven, eight. On a seven plus, you protect them okay, but you'll suffer some or all of the harm they were going to get. Fine. So there was two harm coming. Mm -hmm. So I think you're going to take all of that as you tackle Ginny out of the way. Put yourself in between her and the attack. I only take one because I've got... Uh, my holy armour. Great. And you feel ice form on you from mm -hmm. this frigid bugle that roots you to the frozen ground. Oh no. I would just say thank you, thank you, thank you so much Gwynny, love you, alright? I'm going to need some help getting back in the air. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm going to use magic on myself to try and free myself and heal. Plus weird, which is one... Ooh, that is an 11, though, so it's a 12 total. Nice. Uh, so it works without issue. Gwyneth has, has grabbed Ginny, moved her to the side, and it's um, the, the ice, as it has hit her, it has caught her wings, which had kind of frozen in place, which is why she couldn't move or jump up anymore. But I think she um, takes that hit and that pressure and kneels to the ground and holds on to her staff and then just has a moment where everything's channeling and then all of the ice just kind of shatters off the wings and she rustles them and then jumps into the air. Cam, you were running towards the ghouls. Yeah, so are the ghouls sort of next to the deer thing or are they... A they're they're a bit back? spread out. So if, if the clearing is a circle, they're sort of spread out between three o'clock and nine o'clock. And the deer is at where on the... Twelve. Uh, having and he, seen and the he's massive... an elk, thank you very much. An oh, Irish sorry. elk. <laughs> sorry. Uh, having seen the massive beam of ice magic, Cameron's going to sort of think, the ghouls can wait. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's going to charge headlong. And may maybe his presence attacking their boss might bring the ghouls towards him, is what he's sort of thinking now. So um, he's going to try and act like a bit of bait to sort of bring the ghouls closer by wailing on the big elky jig. Okay. The wind wall, I'm assuming, sort of blows in one direction. So if you run through it towards the Winter King, maybe the wind would be actually be at your back. 
Nice. I think it would be like a, a caress or a force, but like 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 a big hand in Cameron's back, propelling him forward. Isn't that what we've got from your power anyway? Like an advantage? Yeah. Shall we? Shall we define? Because we didn't really define what that actually means. Mm. So one thing it could mean is you can all move really fast, like you move as if the wind is behind you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe move faster. Maybe there's like an updraft, so they could leap higher yes. than expected. Amazing. Yeah, I like that. Because I'm seeing this battle just take place entirely within the storm, within the tempest. So if ever you run forward and want to leap, there could be an updraft underneath you that propels you through the air. Sure. Nice. Well, I'm definitely going to take advantage of that. From like 20 feet away from the elk, I just sort of launch double-handed on the axe <laughs> and just just say... Actually, no, I just start laughing. I'm just laughing maniacally as I launch through the air, as I go to strike the elk with my axe. Roll plus tough. That don't look good. Oh, that's okay. That's a 10 total. Nice. You exchange harm. It's going to hurt you. You're going to hurt it. But which of the extra effects would you like? I'm going to inflict terrible harm. Ha ha. So it takes five damage. So five damage from you as Cam is coming in with the axe. And as you descend from this wind-assisted leap, it swings its huge head and the enormous razor-sharp icy antlers come slashing at you as you as you are falling. So you hit it for five harm, minus one as you feel that the axe blade momentarily is resisted by the centuries-old permafrost no. coating every single strand of its fur. Of course. And uh, from being whacked with the antlers slashing across uh, you take three harm and are flung to one side of the tree. Great. Um, so it's three harm minus whatever armor. Two. So I am one damage. Great. So you take one. And nice. yes, you get no other effects because you are in your icy berserker rage. Uh-huh. You think you're cold. <laughs> At this point, Fire will let out one of those mighty roars again. <laughs> leap into the air and as you do you hear him yell life finds a way <laughs> I saw that one Cameron and we'll come down with a full force of their tree form and the huge sword nicely magically imbued by Gwen roll plus tough okie dokie oh and I have plus one going forward because uh, of Josh's water mm-hmm. So I get plus three. Oh no, that's a six. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, is anybody in a position to attempt to help out? Because that could push it up to a mixed success. I could try. Yeah. I think that the buffeting winds of the uh, Tempest are in your favour and it's going to attempt to try and blow the creature towards you um, so that you strike a much better, better hit but we'll, we'll see what happens when I roll these. All right, yeah, Jenny, roll plus cool. Oh, that's a five. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Ow. So, <laughs> we have we have fails on the board from both Briar and Ginny. As Briar leaps, the Winter King lowers its head and charges. <laughs> Flinging Briar out of the way with its razor-sharp icy antlers and barreling into Ginny with its trampling hooves. Oh no, Ginny's so small. Ooh, so frail, old lady. Briar, uh, you take three harm. Bloody hell. Ginny, you also take three harm and are knocked down. Briar, you're flung away to the edge of the clearing Uh and temporarily kind of winded or whatever that looks like for this form. Ginny, you are knocked to the ground, all the wind out of you, and you feel like, oh, you might have a cracked rib as well mm. from the hoof. It's ironic, knocking knocking the wind out of me. Yes. So I guess Bri has now got an unstable injury. Are you over the line? Well, yeah, because we didn't get rid of any of the harm earlier, right? Yep, yeah, in which case you are unstable. If you leave that untreated, it will get worse. Righty-ho. You're probably bleeding sap, <laughs> given that you're in a very woody form right now. How? 
Ginny, you hear the thunder of the hooves passing above you. Uh, thankfully, only that first initial hoof to the chest actually hits you. And the rest of you see the Winter King uh, skid to a halt on the frozen ground just past Ginny, turn around and come around for a second charge, lowering its head once again. has been Vigil, a main house production from Merely Roleplayers. It stars Chris Starkey as Cameron Jarvis, Natalie Winter as Gwynedd, Strat as Briar, and Josh Yard as Ginny Greenteeth. Sound design for this production is by Natalie Winter, and the theme music is by Alex Pankhurst. I'm Matt Boothman, and I play the supporting cast, as well as editing and producing this episode. We were playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Roleplayers is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on. Oh, what do you do? You still look like an earthworm. Uh, No, rise back to their um, true form. So Robin isn't there at all. So small, small pixie. Yeah, so she doesn't know that that's who that's who promised her. Mm -hmm. You're just another weird fae that she's met. (laughs) Sure have. Would have been fun if I was a talking earthworm. That's just my favourite image, just like an earthworm just kind of on a chaise long, just being like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. In my day. Yeah. <laughs> I thought an earthworm would be particularly good at relaxing, <laughs> at lounging. Mm. Definitely.